Live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. And a great good afternoon. Wow. <laughs> what a beautiful Chamber of Commerce day. Be honest. If this is the weather for this part of the world next Saturday, would you mind an LSU-Tennessee game at 11 o'clock with this kind of weather? No, you would You would welcome it. It would be fabulous. But that's down the road. We've got a lot of fish to fry prior to that. And it's great to have you on this Thursday, September 29th, the year 2022. It is National Coffee Day. So hopefully you had your cup of joe. Not a coffee guy. I'm, unfortunately, I'm a, I'm a Diet Coke dude. Um, can't help it. That's just the way it is. But I know there's tons of coffee coffee drinkers out there, and, and God bless you. Good for you. Uh, my main man, James Mesh. I don't know if he's a coffee drinker or not, but he's in the uh, the game studios in the master control suite, spinning all the tunes, pushing all the right buttons. That happens to be on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We head west. We're on 1041 in Lake Charles. Hello, all you Lake Charlesians. Great to have you on today. Uh, we are streaming around the world. I mean, they're they're listening to us right now in London as the Saints are, um, you know, it's a six-hour time difference, so it's 8.02 where they are, probably sitting down at a pub or uh, eating some fish and chips. Some of them might be back in their hotel room. Anyway, they're listening at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. And if you're in the Acadiana area, you got a chance to see us as well as hear us because we are simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. All right. News from London. Jameis Winston missed a second consecutive day of practice today. He's now been held out of two of the three most critical days of on-field prep work. We won't receive Winston's official status for the game until Friday, but realistically, right? Got to be considered extremely Doubtful, and you can count on one hand the number of players who've missed both Wednesday and Thursday practices over the years and still suited up to play in a game on Sunday. It's rare, and i got to be honest with you, I'll be shocked if Winston joins that number against the Minnesota Vikings. Still in all, the New Orleans Saints have struggled, struggled offensively. Is it because of an unhealthy Jameis Winston? Is it unhealthy schemes? Is it unhealthy offensive line play what is it dennis allen in london talked about the offensive struggles you know i think i think it's just consistency and it's it's you know not shooting ourselves in the foot you know um look like i said you know last week we we started off moved ball right down the field and then uh you know we had a penalty which 
set us behind the chains and um, you know we haven't been able to overcome those things so we just got to get more consistent with what we're doing the battery case against New Orleans Saint running back Alvin Kamara has been delayed until at least November, according to KLAS-TV in Las Vegas. Remember, Kamara and three other men, including Kansas City Chiefs cornerback Chris Lamons, were charged with felony battery resulting in substantial bodily harm and conspiracy to commit battery following a fight with another man in February in Las Vegas. This happened in a Las Vegas casino around 6.25 a.m. on February the 5th, the day before the Pro Bowl. KLAS-TV reported Thursday that lawyers representing the four men who were not in court asked Judge Harmony Letzizia for 45 more days to attempt to resolve the case. They want to settle this thing. Kamara's attorney, Richard Schoenfeld, told KLAS that the attorneys plan to meet with prosecutors within the next month. This marks the third time there's been a delay in the case after a judge postponed a hearing in April until August the 1st. The case was then delayed 60 more days. Of course, Kamara is with the Saints in London. LSU versus Auburn, Saturday on the Plains. Um, Auburn coach Brian Harson. well, he needs a big win after. Look, uh, Auburn has been through the... Um, the worst, think about it, uh, with Penn State, the program's most embarrassing home loss in a decade, and they followed that with the most embarrassing victory here, there, or anywhere in school history against Missouri, 17-14 in overtime, that all Missouri had to do was kick a, a, was basically an extra point, and the game is over, and Brian Harson is fired. Plain and simple um it wasn't a homecoming worth remembering a team that's three and one overall one and oh in conference play just like lsu but boy are these two programs heading in opposite directions after a slow start by lsu a game they had won they should have beaten florida state gave it away and still only lost by one incremental improvement they have not played to the level of their competition they had an outstanding performance against Mississippi State and a dominant performance against New Mexico. All said, Brian Kelly, proud of his ball club's progress. We've been able to, to make the progress necessary to, um, to have a modest winning streak, and this is modest. Um, we've got a lot of work ahead of us. This month will tell us a lot, right? We've got an SEC slate in front of us uh, over the next four weeks, which will challenge us to a new level. And we'll certainly find out even more about, you know, our grit and, you know, what kind of football team this will continue to grow to be. Uh, we know where our, our issues are. It's a team that will fight, but we're, we're thin in some areas. And so we've got to, um, you know, we've got to make sure we keep our team rested we've got to stay away from injuries uh, things of that nature no question about that tigers 6 p.m we'll talk about the tigers later on in the program the raging cajuns welcome in uh the south alabama jaguars impressive to date a 48 to 7 win at home over Nichols, a 38 24 win over central michigan in mount pleasant michigan 
uh, a one-point loss, 32-31 to UCLA in the Rose Bowl, and then they bounce back with a <laughs> demoralizing 38-14 win over Louisiana Tech in Mobile. Four o'clock kickoff in Lafayette. Keep your eye on South Alabama junior quarterback Carter Bradley among the nation's best through the first four games of the season. He currently ranks in the top 60 in the nation in 11 different categories, including top 15 in total points and points responsible for per game. They also have to look out on special teams as South Alabama nearly had two kick returns for touchdowns on back-to-back kicks from Louisiana Tech. Braylon McReynolds took the opening kickoff back 90-plus yards, but it was called back due to a flag before Carlin Lisey returned a punt 57 yards for a touchdown. So this will be a critical, critical test for the Raging Cajuns who are coming off back-to-back losses. Um, South Alabama scores 38, 39 points a game. Louisiana, 28 points per game. So this is going to be a tough, tough task. It finally happened. It finally happened. You know, um, Roger Maris waited until October 1st, the final game of the 1961 season, to hit his 61st home run, which broke Babe Ruth's single-season mark of 60 home runs set in 1927. Aaron Judge did it September 28th in game number 155 for the Yankees, the day after the Bronx Bombers clinched the American League East title. Judge, in the seventh inning with Toronto's Tim Meza up, here's the stretch, here's the pitch, here's the call. And the 3-2. Throw deep to left field. This could be it. See ya! He's done it! Number 61! He's been chasing history, and now he makes it! He and Roger Maris are tied with 61 home runs, the most anybody has ever hit in a single season in American League history. I don't know Aaron Judge for a man on the moon, but boy, he looks like a nice guy, and I've talked to players, uh, uh, LSU players that were in the bigs and played against him, Say he's the nicest guy, the most unassuming superstar out there. You got to pull for this guy. He's got um, seven games left to go to get one more home run and um, surpass Roger Maris. Isn't it great that Roger Maris's uh, brother is there and they're all there celebrating? It's just it's just terrific, and it couldn't happen to a better guy. Uh, then Aaron Judge. Uh, all rise. The judge is here. Um, coming up on the program today, Preston Guy will talk LSU football with uh, Preston uh, from TigerBait.com. J.D. Byers is the play-by-play voice of the South Alabama Jags. We'll uh, take you behind enemy lines for that one. Kyle T. Mosley with the very latest. He kicks off our number two with the New Orleans Saints, and then it wouldn't be a Thursday without the Schwab. Frank Schwab will make his NFL Week 4 picks. Can the Saints get it done against the Vikings and an 8.30 start across the pond? We've got NFL football tonight, by the way, a good one. I don't know how healthy Tua is, but the Dolphins are in Cincinnati to take on Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Cincinnati's a four-point favorite in that one. Um, 
The Saints, well, um, look, problems on offense, that's never a good thing. The Vikings rallied to beat the Lions, but they haven't looked the same on offense either. Where the heck has Justin Jefferson been? And Dalvin Cook, well, he could be out as well. Might be a low-scoring game. We'll get the pick from the Schwab on that one. We'll have some birthday wishes and much, much more. So a fun-filled Thursday awaits us all. You know, it's time to kill two birds with one stone, help a good cause, and do some early holiday shopping. The Opelousas St. Landry Rotary Club auction will be held on Tuesday on KDCG. That's channel 50.2 over air, Cox 9, Charter 11, LUS 22. So you got plenty of opportunities. The auction begins at 6 p.m. and viewers can bid on a variety of items, including gift cards, vacation packages, sporting goods, home decor, memorabilia, and much more. All proceeds go to worthy causes and items can go for pennies on the dollar. So make sure to tune in for the Opelousas St. Landry Rotary Club auction on Tuesday on KDCG. Um, Hurricane Ian uh, has affected so many. So many are without power in our in our friendly state that we love to go visit and lo- love to go put our chairs on the beach and catch some sun and have some fun. Well, if you go to our website, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com, uh, there's an there's a opportunity there. We've added something to it where you can help the cause of those that, are, uh, that were unfortunately in the path of Ian. Um, and I always say this, you know, what goes around comes around. So you help them and you know our time is going to come. It's inevitable. Just a question of, not a question of if, it's a question of when we're all going to be affected by a hurricane. Maybe not this year, maybe not next year, but somewhere down the road we are. What goes around comes around. The more you give, the more you receive. Uh, Kansas City at Tampa Bay, they're going to stay put. That's a Sunday nighter. Um, Tampa Bay remained uh, less harmed than others. So they're going to stay put and play their game as scheduled. So there you go. All right, let's take a quick time out here. When we come back, Preston Guy, TigerBait.com. Oh, that Tiger against the Auburn Tigers. We'll preview it again here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for the LSU Tigers in southwest Louisiana. Every day is a Chamber of Commerce kind of day when you're listening to the Jordy Holberg Show. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. All right, we are back 18 minutes after the hour. LSU Auburn, the rivalry continues. Throw out the wreck. I know it's the old cliche, but these games are always close. Um, but LSU's favored by nine at their six o'clock kickoff uh, in Jordan Hare Stadium. It's been too long since I've had our next guest back on, and that's my fault. And I apologize to Preston Guy, who covers LSU football and recruiting for TigerBait.com. Big guy, Preston Guy. How are you, man? Hey, Jordy. Thanks for having me. You know us, uh, you know, one sport reporters, we like to go on to a hiatus during the offseason anyway. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, you guys do a phenomenal job. You and Mike Scarbo and everybody involved with TigerBait.com. It's amazing how y'all get all this recruiting stuff done. But tell me your early thought. Well, not early. It's Thursday. You've looked at this LSU-Auburn matchup. What, what, what comes to your mind? What are you thinking 
about with this ball game? Jordy, I just don't see a way this is a close ball game. Uh, Auburn's down to a third-string quarterback. They're missing their starting center. And we saw that game against Missouri, how just sloppy, ugly. Uh, Missouri was clearly the better team to me. Uh, Two chances they had to win that ball game, and they just could not get it done when a lot of high school teams in that position would have been able to get it done. Just don't fumble the ball out of bounds in overtime. and. Yeah. You know, make that easy field goal. And, you know, they just couldn't get it done. So I don't think Auburn's a very good football team. And I think uh, Brian Kelly and company, and especially Matt House, has this team playing a lot better at LSU. So I, I don't particularly see a close game. I'm glad you mentioned uh, Matt House. Um, LSU's defense coming off its first shutout since 2018. They held New Mexico to just 88 total yards and two first downs. That's about as dominating as you could ask a defense to be, I don't care who you're playing against, but in modern college football, with the way they have the rules and regulations that favor the offense, that's kind of remarkable. And and that coming off what they did to Mississippi State's air raid offense, holding them to 60, what's been the big turnaround for this defense? Well, I don't think the defense was necessarily bad against Florida State so much as Florida State just made some plays. I mean, one of their scores was a, you know, a flea flicker, which, you know, just one safety didn't play disciplined on. So I'd say throughout the season, this defense has played pretty much lights out. Um, they, they're a very disciplined unit. Uh, one of the things that's changed is they have a true freshman, Harold Perkins, who's really yeah. emerged. He's been the leading tackler in two of the last three games. Uh, he, he is an absolute freak. Now, they are having to limit the playbook for him. Uh, just to make it more simple for him, not that he couldn't play a full playbook, but coaches just want him to react. They don't want him thinking out there. And he's truly one of the best freshmen in the country. But, I mean, a lot of veteran guys also, not necessarily LSU veterans, but transfer portal veterans are stepping up big. Joe Fouché, the senior safety out of Arkansas, will be added back to the lineup this week, and that certainly should help things um, moving forward. Um. Preston guy with us. You know, you, you think of Auburn, you think of them offensively, you think of them running the football. Tank Biz, Bigsby is supposed to be their dude, but he hasn't really been a big factor in the last three games. He got 134 yards on 41 carries. That's an average of just 3.3 yards. Um, I mean, if LSU can hold him to that, I think LSU wins this thing handily. I think the only way Auburn can win is to control the ball, run it, run it, run it, but I'm with you, man. I don't see how they will. No, I don't see how they will, especially, you know, a team without a threat at quarterback. You have to be a very special team to be one-dimensional and productive at that one dimension. That's the fact of the matter is is that mm-hmm. if you don't have to respect their passing game, which currently with Ashford in there at quarterback, you don't have to respect his arm talent right now. You know, He's a young kid, and uh, they, they just – no team really has to prepare for that. So when you're able to play the play, it's hard. And that's why we've seen, even though Tanks Bigsby is as good as he is, he's only been able to get 3.3 yards per carry. So I think the wheels, they're 3-1 and one right now, but I do think the wheels are about to fall off the bus at Auburn. And it even seems like, you know, they don't even have administrative support for this coaching staff. You know, they don't, you right. know, now the athletic director who hired him is out and, he, he yep. wasn't a real popular hire to begin with. Uh, I, I don't see any way uh, Auburn puts it together. I mean, it, the only way 
LSU would have to beat themselves in this exactly. game. And quite frankly, I just I don't see that happening either, just because of the way that offense plays. Uh, Jaden Daniels, uh, he passes on a lot of risky throws because he knows he has those legs as an insurance policy on any play. And that's why we've seen him. He has eight total touchdowns this year and zero interceptions. I'm, I'm venturing to say, and I'm glad you brought up Jaden Daniels because that was going to be my next question. Um, as, as he has improved incrementally throughout the course of this season, I, I'm, I'm, I'm venturing to say, I know it's an early sample size, but I don't know if LSU's had a better running quarterback. I really don't. Uh, does Joe Burrow count? I think he's better he than Joe. Good. Look, Joe Bur- Joe Burrow is a much better passer, and he's a great quarterback. But as far as the ability to run and evade, you know, this guy runs to run. Joe Burrow ran because everybody else was covered. Um, I just think this guy yeah. is a special player. Well, I'll tell you, I'm going to just say with conversations with his mom that I've had, she'll tell you he is a pass first quarterback. He is looking to pass. But he yeah. definitely has those legs as a insurance policy, and he's yeah. one of the best scramblers in the country. There's no doubt about that. And, and, and sometimes that insurance policy has—I love it. <laughs> he's cashed that check a little early sometimes because he knew it was there. And yeah, he has missed some guys who were open downfield, and I do think that having those legs has caused him to do that. But that's something that this coaching staff's going to continue to work on to make sure he's finding those open receivers. The good news is those legs have bailed him out a lot. It's probably also caused him to take a couple sacks. And it, the, rea- the reality is playing quarterback is very difficult <laughs> to go through and make all your reads and find all those open guys and see the field. It's a lot harder than these guys make it look a lot of times. Um, yeah. he, it, 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 I was thinking to myself, he's almost like everything Russell Shepard was supposed to be at LSU. Like that elite of a scrambler, uh, yeah. Obviously, we see him as a downfield passer. You know, there's there's tons of better guys than him, but I, I think through the air he's getting it done, completing 73% of his passes. <laughs> Again, yeah. that's that's a sign of not necessarily taking that risky throw. I, I think he's been I think he's been terrific. Do you have any concerns whatsoever? Here we go with the offensive line again. Garrett Dellinger is probably yeah, not he's hurt, yeah. is it Dellinger mm-hmm. or Dellinger? I, I keep hearing yeah. Dellinger. I want to say Dellinger, but I keep hearing Dellinger. Which one is it? <laughs> it's it's the JG Dellinger. Uh yeah, no, that, that hurts and it hurts because I think the problem with this offensive line early on was they weren't playing well as a unit. Okay, individually, you know, guys were getting it done, but then there was just they they weren't communicating. They didn't have great chemistry, and they've been shuffling this offensive line a bunch. And last week, you really felt good with Emory Jones in there, right tackle, and you had um, left tackle. You got the other true freshman, Will Campbell, and those two guys have been terrific given their age. And you just (laughs) you like the other guy, young guy Dellinger, right next to him. Well. Now you're going to have to slide in Miles Frazier at that spot. Uh, you really want to develop some continuity as a unit eventually, and it's just really unfortunate that we have this hand injury here. Hopefully Dellinger can get back in the lineup. I believe um, this, this might be a couple weeks old, but he was their highest-graded lineman at one point this season. Yeah. So yeah. That, that's not you never want to lose your highest-graded offensive lineman, and I think even more so than his individual talent is just that that unit chemistry, continuity, all those good things you need to be developing throughout the seasons. It's unfortunate, but I, I don't think it's something that's going to bite them in the butt against Auburn. 
We'll see in two weeks, uh, I'm sorry, one week at 11 a.m. when yeah. Tennessee comes to town. By the way, Tennessee <laughs> is, um, you know, they're relaxing on the couch this Saturday watching games uh, right. and getting healthy. Uh, that's right. That that will be a whole different uh, a whole different uh, beast when Tennessee comes into town. But boy, if the weather's like this next Saturday, I don't think people should complain about having an eleven o'clock kickoff. My gosh, I mean that alcohol yeah. tastes just as good at eleven as it does at seven. Man, it just come on, right? You might have to swap from the cold mimosa to the spiked coffee. If this yeah, is the well, kind it's, of weather it's we're national. It's National Coffee Day today, so there you go. All right, LSU favored by nine, eight and a half, whatever you, whoever you like to make your investments with. Um, how do you see this going? I think LSU's got to run the football. I know Auburn has got to run the football, and LSU's going to do everything, mm-hmm. everything they can to stop them. How do you see this game turning out? Yeah, I, look, man, I would take LSU minus 13 and a half. I think LSU wins by a pair of touchdowns. I, I okay. could see something like 28 to 10, 24 to 10, somewhere in that range. Uh, okay. I don't think Auburn's going to be able to move the ball with consistency uh, in that madhouse defense. We just see how disciplined they are, and they keep on getting better and better. Um, I, I try not to be too homer. I, I, I think I've got more of a reputation of uh, being a negatiger, as, as the Internet fans oh, would call me. But well. I'm well, welcome pretty to the, heavy on LSU this week. I'm very confident. Welcome to uh, being a media person in, uh, in <laughs> the state of Louisiana and the city of Baton Rouge. It just goes with it. I mean, you, even when they get beat, you got to say they're the better team. You know, I mean, that's how people think around here. But uh, yeah, this is great. one of those weeks where I'm getting along great with the fans. The fans there think I'm go. smart and fair and all those good things because I'm taking LSU big. You got to you got to keep them guessing every now and then. So um, Brian <laughs> Kelly said there's going to be some tough days ahead of us, and we're going to have to grind through it. Uh, the players are giving everything they have. I, I think if they give everything they have Saturday, I'm with you. I like LSU in this one because the the worst thing LSU can do is to give Auburn any ray of hope. Um, they got to come out fast. They got to come out furious, and they got to give plant that seed in Auburn's mind. Oh gosh, here we go again. Uh, we got no shot, and our coach is going to get fired. But if they let him hang around a while, I've seen some some crazy things in that stadium, big guy. I really have. So I hope I hope we're both right on that one. So anyway, um, great job. Thank you so much. It's been too long, but I got to get you back again, man. So be ready. <laughs> we'll do. Thank you, Jordy. All right, buddy. You take care. Preston Guy, TigerBait.com. Um, let's see. The game wants you to face your worst nightmares by hooking you up with tickets to one of the top haunted attractions in the country, the 13th gate. Just text the word gate to 337-283-8100 to enter to win a pair of general admission passes. That's gate, G-A-T-E, to 337-283-8100. Get your scare on this Halloween season at the 13th gate, courtesy of Midnight Productions. And the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Got a good team coming into Cajun Field, South Alabama. Nothing to sneeze about. We'll go behind any lines with their play-by-play voice, J.D. Byers, when we return to the Jordy Helper Show here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Stick around. Alexa and the game make a great team. Do yourself a favor and enable the Alexa skill, the game Southwest Louisiana, so you can keep it locked in to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, wherever you go. 
It is homecoming on the campus of uh, the University of Louisiana's Raging Cajuns. And at 4 o'clock, the Cajuns hope to snap a two-game losing skid and celebrate homecoming in a great way. But uh, there's a problem because the South Alabama Jaguars are coming to town and that I haven't seen them play, but I've looked at their schedule. I look at their record. I look at who they played, where they played. They look pretty darn impressive to me. So let's go behind enemy lines with the award winning play-by-play voice of the Jaguars. And whether it be football, basketball, or baseball season, he's always so accommodating to us. And we greatly appreciate the great JD Byers joining us yet again jd how are you buddy man i you know i'm really good i heard that promo a minute ago for the concert band of heathens somebody's got to tell them that's the uh that's the name for our radio crew and it's already taken but we're excited <laughs> to come uh come out your you your neck of the woods jd and pat and tommy hicks uh the heathens okay um you got a good team. You're three. You're three and one. Your only loss was in the Rose Bowl by a point to UCLA and Chip Kelly. Um, how good is your team? Uh, you know, I don't even know if we've seen how good they are yet. Now that UCLA game, you know, really, and the coach addressed the decision to go for a fake field goal on fourth and two. Would have been a forty yarder. Chip Kelly had some timeouts. If you pick it up offensively. You force Chip Kelly then to take some timeouts. You can run out the clock, and if you score some points, that's good. Uh, but we left a lot of points on the field with just other mistakes. But that game also, whether you get a moral victory out of only losing by one to a Pac-12 team at a venerable stadium, the fact is it also took a toll injury-wise. So they looked really good last time out, did South Alabama. Uh, got a really good win over La Tech. Uh, looked really dominating pretty much the entire 60 minutes. The last four drives offensively were all backups for South Alabama. But, again, that injury bug from UCLA were the three key defensive spots, two linebackers and a really good corner. Uh, and that could kind of catch up with us this Saturday against the Raging Cajuns. We'll have to see. But that's always been a great matchup historically. Always is. J.D. Byers, the play-by-play voice of the Jags. Tell me about Carter Bradley. Looks like you got a quarterback in number two. A guy that can make all the throws, Jordy. Um, you know, you know his dad, an NFL assistant coach, uh, transfer from Toledo. It's kind of windy out here. I'm at a fundraising golf tournament. I hope the audio is okay. Oh, you're good. But, you're uh, good, man. Yeah, Carter comes in as a transfer former Rocket. And, uh, you know, this guy is he, he's aggressive and competitive. Sometimes you got to pull him back just a little bit. Like, so let's, let's coil that spring back in. Uh but what it translates into on the field when it does come time to make any of the throws, his arm is so strong. Uh, if there's any downplay to it, it's to a wide-open receiver that's, you know, 10, 15 yards away from him. It's like, oh, hey, cool, cool it, cuz. Take a little bit off that one. But uh, when he needs to drop one in on a fade or a corner route, he's got that as well. Uh, and he, he's just super competitive. He has the huddle. Uh, he's made it a no-doubt race for who's the quarterback one at South Alabama since yeah. the beginning of fall camp and they really respond to it. Plus, he was able, with a really good team, to go back up to a MAC opponent, Central Michigan, and South Alabama just manhandled the Chippewas at their place. So that was pretty good for him because the last time he played them, he was a rocket, and it didn't turn out so well. Hmm. Uh, J.D. Byers with us. Four o'clock, Cajun, uh, Cajun Field, the Cajuns and the Jaguars. Homecoming 
for UL. Um, last year, I remember, and that was a really, really good Raging Cajun team with Billy Napier at the at the helm. Um, I mean, twenty to eighteen, South Alabama rally just came up two points short at Hancock Whitney Stadium. The difference: the Cajuns ran the ball all over the field against your defense that was allowing just over fifty-five yards of contest. The Cajuns ran for two twenty-five. How's the defense this year for the Jags? Uh, you know, that, there's where I've given the, the whoever's taking advantage and benefiting from the transfer portal will be king. Parity's been really unusual this year where you've seen, you know, a James Madison or a Marshall or Georgia Southern going to Nebraska. If you can take advantage of the transfer portal, you're going to do big things. And, of course, Kane yeah. Womack, the head coach, second year, got a lot of guys from his old employer, Indiana. He's brought some in from Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Uh, but, you know, being able to play competitive and gel together when you do go transfer portal because you want to get the right guy that's going to blend with the team you've already got on campus but also preserve that team mentality. Because, I mean, if you were in the shoes of a guy that's given two or three years to the program, started on as a, you know, a walk-on or a scholarship fourth stringer, and you've paid your dues, you, you kind of expect by that junior or at least senior year to be a starter and all of a sudden with the transfer rules the way they are now, you could still find yourself on the bench. Uh, so you, you want to make sure you get the right kind of mentality that comes in. And I'm, you know, Coach Desimo, whoever, that's going to give you good chemistry in your locker room and everybody's going to be playing towards the same mission. I think that's one of the biggest transfer portal issues. J.D. Byers with us. Uh, what do you think about this Sunbelt Conference with the addition of um... – James Madison, Old Dominion. Um, I mean, that that Eastern Division is pretty darn good, but the West is nothing to sneeze about either. Southern Miss is in it. That's pretty good. Yeah, I, I like the names that were added, especially Southern Miss for not only us, but you guys. Uh, yeah. That's, uh, you know, uh, as far as just history and the other sports, especially baseball, love having Southern Miss in. Uh, but... Looking over on the east, James Madison almost pops Appalachian State. And it yep. looked like for so long, App State was just going to run away and be uh, kind of the Alabama of the Sun Belt. And then, you know, Old Dominion almost knocks off both of the Virginia schools and probably should have. They beat Virginia Tech handily, and then the Cavaliers had to kick a field goal at the end to escape. But uh, it, it looks like who's coming in are indeed good programs. I like that Keith Gill, even amid when there was a whole lot of talk, and you heard it too, that – yeah. You know, the Sun Belt and the Conference USA ought to just combine and make one big super conference. Well, that really was kind of shallow thinking that got viral. But for Keith Gill to get out ahead as the Sun Belt commissioner and say, oh, we're going to expand and we're going to get the four we want. And, uh, you know, Conference yeah. USA then was kind of left trying to backfill and probably was forced to take some institutions they normally otherwise wouldn't be entertaining. Gotcha. J.D., we, we talked about the quarterback, Bradley. Give me some other names that Cajun fans ought to be on the alert for, particularly on the offensive side. Well, LaDainian Webb is uh, the number one running back. Began his career at Florida State and was really good. And then I had to go Juco for a year. But my goodness, that guy, yards per carry, uh, he's a very patient runner. If it's a stretch play and it's off tackle – he goes to tackle, and he doesn't force a hole to open up. He waits, and then he has a really good uh, bursting speed. So I have, have really liked the way LaDamian Webb has come in, one of those transfers. Wide receivers, gosh, uh, South Alabama's had the last two consecutive classes 
have a wide receiver drafted in the NFL. It was Jalen Tolbert last year, Kawan Baker, who is a saint uh, the year before. And now Jalen Wayne has emerged as a really good target. While he's a good target in good hands and was expected to be a good receiver, anytime that happens, well, they key on him. And then you have some other receivers step up and say, hey, i got good hands, I'm good on possession downs. Jaden Voison's been kind of that steady, calm, extra receiver. And then Colin Lacey is just so speedy. He returned a punt for a touchdown in the last game. Uh, they like to get the ball in his hands and things can happen. Uh, so th- there's kind of a good look at it on the offensive side. Turnover's always key. Or it seems like the South Alabama has a propensity or a nose for the football when it's dropped on the ground. They're tied for eighth in the nation in fumbles recovered uh, through the first three games of the season with five. Um, that always plays a big role in every game, and South Alabama pretty good at taking the ball away from people. Stealing possessions uh, is always really good. Corey Batoon is the de- defensive coordinator. Of course, Kane Womack's a defensive guy. Four interceptions and a fumble recovery in the last game. But that, that gummit, Louisiana, I think my number is correct, 12 turnovers through the first four games, that's pretty good too. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, interesting uh, to say the very least. So when it comes down to it, um, what, what are the keys to this game? You've done your study. You've looked at it. What, what do you see? What do you see? I think both teams are going to have their explosives. I've seen Louisiana's red zone numbers, and I look at, okay, total touchdowns scored regardless, but then how many of them came from the red zone? And it's kind of a lower percentage than you think, meaning Louisiana is scoring on some big combustible plays. So I think that's the challenge for the South Alabama defense, and I really think red zone is going to be the key stat coming out of it for both. If neither team gets a high percentage of touchdowns or at least points of some kind, uh, when getting in the red zone, because there's going to be plenty of trips. I think that's a no-brainer. I, I really see that coming up Saturday. But the team that capitalizes and gets touchdowns over field goals the most uh, will be be your winner. Uh, but, big plays, that's going to be the key for both defenses. Just keep the ball in front of you. Both, um, you know, it seems like more so than ever before, I have seen special teams, whether good or bad, play such an incredible role Throughout the course of this early season, I've never seen it quite like this before. We saw what LSU did in their opener against Florida State. We saw Missouri misses a chip shot field goal, and Auburn saves their coach's job for another week. Um, How are the special team performers for South Alabama? You know, solid Diego Guajardo uh, was strong first half of the season. Then he did not have a good game, the field goal kicker against Louisiana last year. Uh, South Alabama had a chance to put it away, uh, not quite up a full touchdown score, and then overthrew the tight end in the back of the end zone. That would have put South Alabama up by two scores, and then Louisiana drives to win it. Uh, I think Diego's probably the best version of himself since being a jack kicker. The punter is Jack Brooks. I think he's going to make the case to be first-team all-conference. He's a very good directional kicker, uh, pinning people not just inside the 20, but inside the 10 or the 15. He's got a good knack for that when he wants to take his full swing. He's one of those Australian guys. Uh, okay. New South Wales, but his actual hometown's a doozy. Wagga, Wagga, Australia. And he's a good <laughs> one, and they both work behind a really good deep snapper. Uh, but I think that, that's always been kind of a, a consistent, too, between these two, is Louisiana and South Alabama has had pretty good special teams play. 
Wagga Wagga. Crocodile Dundee had to had to walk across that 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 land. Had to, right? Um, oh what, what yeah. Is Louis- yeah. What is Louisiana and the hierarchy of, of the South Alabama fans? Where, what, where do they stand as far as a rival is concerned? With the purest Jaguar faithful, I think this predates and is even more significant than the Troy uh, rivalry. Troy being the fact that, you know, we're in-state, we're somewhat proximal, and we're also both members of the Sun Belt. And we built in a new uh, battle called Battle for the Belt because we're in the okay. you know the Sun Belt, but also like Bible Belt, et cetera, and there's actually a championship belt. So we go back and forth on that. But for the purist who knows the history of the Sun Belt, and especially baseball and basketball, the bitterness is always along I-10, and it goes west, not northeast, and that's out to uh, Lafayette, Louisiana. So I think you're going to see a really good bunch travel for this for South Alabama. We had, I think, over 1,800 in the Rose Bowl who made the trek all the way out to Pasadena. So I would expect to see a really good uh, showing for a three-in-one ball club that just had a big win against La Tech. Well, go go sell what you got to go sell and go hit what you got to go hit. It's always a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much. Safe travels west to Lafayette, my friend. Thank you. I appreciate it, Jordy. You take care. That's J.D. Byers, the play-by-play voice of the South Alabama Jaguars. I think it's the toughest team by far that uh, the Raging Cajuns are facing to date. I think it's going to be a tough, tough matchup. So so we shall see. Trail, T-R-A-I-L, is putting on the Sugarman Triathlon and Duathlon this Sunday, October 2nd at Sugar Mill Pond in Youngsville. Spectators are invited. It's an all-road sprint, 5,500-meter 5, swim, 15-mile bike ride through the beautiful Sugar Mill Pond development. Volunteers receive free food, drinks, and a shirt. For more information or to register, visit latrail.org. Trail, T-R-A-I-L, is a nonprofit dedicated in building and improving outdoor recreation and local parks. Yes, indeed. Help the kids get good, good recreational parks out there for them. Absolutely. I'm all for it. All right, we're back to wrap up our number one. This is the Thursday edition of the Jordy Helpert Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros in southwest Louisiana. Jordy Holtenberg is known far and wide as the Blonde Bomber for the perfectly feathered golden mane he rocked back in the day at LSU. The hair may not be as golden or as long, but Jordy is still making a name for himself. Back to more of the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Tonight, Thursday night football, the uh, Miami Dolphins and the Cincinnati Bengals. Tua versus Joe Burrow. Uh, go back to November 9th of 2019. Um, LSU was undefeated. Alabama was undefeated. LSU wins it 46 to 41. Joe Burrow, 31 of 39, 393 yards and three touchdowns. Tua, 21 of 40, 418 yards, four touchdowns and one interception. That game had, listen to this now, 18 first round draft picks and 50. 55 total players drafted. Huh? 
55 players drafted, 18 first-round draft picks on those two teams, LSU-Bama back in 2019. What a game. <laughs> what a game. LSU wins it 46-41. to 41. Wow. Clyde Edwards-Alaire ran for 103. Jamar Chase, six receptions for 140. Justin Jefferson, seven receptions for 79. Um, Terrence Marshall, two for 45. I mean, what 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 players? And you want Alabama's wide receivers? Uh, well, Najee Harris ran for a buck 46. Devontae Smith, seven receptions, 213 yards. Jerry Judy, five for 71. Henry Ruggs, three for 68. Jalen Waddell, three for 22. How about, how about receivers for Bama? Holy cow. Anyway, now they're in the pros and they play tonight. Our number one's history. Our number two straight ahead. NFL talk coming with the Saints and the Schwab. We'll be back. The Jordy Helper Show in the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Our number two of two, and away we go as Thursday night football gets underway and the Orleans Saints are in London trying to right their ship, trying to stay in the hunt, but they got to take on the Minnesota Vikings and all kind of news coming out of Saints camp, and we will delve into that. We are brought to you by ShopRite Tobacco Plus Discount outlets, 60 of them in southern and central Louisiana. Man, if you can't shop right at ShopRite, you just can't shop right at all. We welcome in one of our favorite guests, the managing editor and chief reporter of At Saints News. Amongst the many things that he does, the legendary Mr. Kyle T. Mosley with us. Kyle T., how are you, buddy? Doing, Jordy. Legendary, man. You are legendary, big guy. You are legendary. The the Saints are not legendary as of yet. Um, what what is your what is your anxiety level when it when we talk about the New Orleans Saints being in London taking on the Minnesota Vikings? Well, you got two teams that really need to win right now. You got both of those guys sitting at one and two. Uh, you have the Saints offense in disarray. You have a Vikings team that hasn't really found their true identity as well. Uh, you just have teams that really need to be able to win because they do not want to go down one and three early in the season. So right. uh, if you look at what's happening with the Saints, especially with Jameis Winston, you have to be concerned about what the team's going to look like going forward and how he's going to be able to heal from those fractured uh vertebrae yeah but you do have andy dalton that's why you brought him in he's an insurance policy so hopefully we'll see a more balanced offense headed forward in the season i mean they've got to sit winston down i mean everything certainly appears that way he missed practice wednesday he missed practice thursday 
Um, very rarely does a guy miss those two important days in the week of a practice prepar- preparing for a, an opponent on Sunday. They come and play. Is it the is it the right time to have him sit and heal up? Yeah, well, I thought that was past. I think after the Atlanta game when he sustained those injuries, they should yeah. have possibly sat him at that time because yeah. he had a full season ahead, man. Um yeah. When you talk about Winston, I understand the competitive nature of a football player as well as a leader. You want to be on the field. And to be honest, he gave them the best chance to win. But a lot of their problems has been on third down early on in the the first half of these games. They're yeah. only five and let's say five and sixteen or seventeen when it comes to converting third downs in the first half. You cannot sustain drives. You cannot be able to uh, put points on the board if you cannot convert on third downs. And a lot of that has to do with some of the play callings coming from P. Carmichael as well, as well as the rush game is inconsistent. So you have to be able to account for how you're going to have a balanced offense, how are you going to put your team in a better position instead of them having third and long? You'll be third and like two, three, something to that nature where you can convert a, a lot better and have a, a, a more improved chance in sustaining these drives. Kyle T. Mosley with us. Not only is it uh, the lower vertebra with four fractures for Jameis Winston, but according to reports, his ankle, his hip, and his neck are also ailing him. Um, and that's oh, not wow. good. That's not good at all. Um, plus, now we don't know what the status is of a Michael Thomas. We don't know what the status is of a Jarvis Landry. Um, the injuries are taking their toll here, without question, without doubt. But let me ask you this question, uh, Kyle Mosley, Saints News Network. Um, <laughs> play calling. Should we should we be coming to task with Pete Carmichael and the job he's done or hasn't done through the first three weeks of the season? Yeah, and that's exactly what I've been mentioning in my articles. The play calling has been a little bit off, man. So if you look at the – let's go back to the first half of games as well. Okay. If they've been able to sustain those drives, those first halves, we're talking about different stories right now. Saints could possibly be undefeated. But if you unleash James to be able to play his type of football because – whether people like it or not, he is a gunslinger. He's not a game manager. He's not Drew right. Brees, guys. Right. He's a different animal. And uh, I think Pete Carmichael uh, allowed the play calls to be a little bit looser, uh, more to his taste, and that's why these uh, the Saints have been able to increase their production in the second half of games. But uh, Carmichael had Jameis in the shotgun over 60% of the time in the first half where you have to be able to get him under center. You have to also be able to get the uh, running game into play. So, yeah, I do think the Pete uh, Carmichael offense has to be called into a question as well. It has to be able to adjust what they have done. I'm with you. Kyle Mosley joining us. Uh, One thing I don't understand and still don't understand to this point, um, I think we all agree that Alvin Kamara is, uh, is quite the weapon for the New Orleans Saints. 
Um, and when you have a talent like that, you got to figure out a way to get him the football. Uh, he missed one game. He's played in two. He's had 24 running attempts for 100 yards. That's 4.2 yards per carry. But what I don't see at all is he hasn't even scratched. They never, well, in two games, he's caught five passes coming out of the backfield for, um, for a total of 13 yards. They've targeted hmm. him 11 times. He's had five receptions for 19 yards. Is he getting the ball enough? Well, Sean Payton had a great game plan. It was number one, Alvin Kamara, and everybody else. Yes. <laughs> right? So I think when you, we're transitioning to a new philosophy, a new way of thinking, Alvin Kamara is always going to be a superior talent. And I just have to agree with you, they have to find out a way to integrate him into the offense. Uh, I recall, I think it was the it was the first game in Atlanta at the press conference, I, I did ask Jameis about how can you get Alvin Moore in, in tune with the offense or whatever, and he was like, well, we're just thinking about trying to win, move forward, yada, yada, yada. That's but how you win. You could t- but you, you could tell yeah, Kamara is also frustrated. Yeah. Uh, but to be honest with you, Kamara also hasn't been himself altogether. So there's been a couple times he's fallen down on routes. There's been times where he's had alligator arms <laughs> with the mm. football as well. So uh, I can't totally put the fault on Winston not getting him the ball because he did miss him a couple of times when there was obvious uh, like third and four or five and Kamara could have easily gotten the football because he was wide open and mm-hmm. uh, picked up the first down. So uh, I have to say the fault is something that goes around in the the, okay. the offensive strategy and they need to be able to change it. Uh, Kyle Mosley with us. I think another um, another key ingredient, and we see less and less usage of, and he's only played two games as well because he's been hurt. But uh, I haven't seen, other than that one great run, uh, Taysom Hill's basically been non-existent. Yeah, the injury has limited Taysom. So uh, Taysom has taken the second team reps at quarterback uh, it, yeah. And it really looks as though Andy Dalton is going to start this game and Taysom is going to be his backup. So Taysom will possibly have more of the effect on the game in London. Um, the one thing I would I am concerned about is that Taysom is getting dinged up quite rapidly these days yeah. as well. So, uh, But other than that, yeah, I agree. He has to be a part of the uh, the X factors of this game going forward. Kyle Mosley with us, Saints Vikings, eight thirty a.m. in uh, our Central Time Zone. That's about two thirty uh, p.m. Uh, over there in London. Um, the defense, I think, has been pretty good. One issue I have, though, through three games, only four sacks. Got to right. get more pressure on quarterbacks, big guy. Got to. Yeah, look, Davenport missed the open sack this past week. Uh, but I looked at uh, what Cam Jordan is doing. He's been getting there, but not quite 
there fast enough, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You had a quarterback, and um, I was surprised how Mariota was getting the ball out fast. And mm-hmm. you know Brady is always going to get the ball out less than, what, 2.2 seconds. Right. So them getting to him was going to be the challenge. But I thought they had a chance at Baker Mayfield, which they did wind up with three, three-and-a-half sacks, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, yeah, they have to increase that, man. they got to get some more push up the middle. That's what I'm more concerned about, Jordy, is okay. I don't see where Amiata and uh, Tuttle and Tuttle? those guys are collapsing that pocket for them. So uh-huh. uh, we need to have more of a push up front. Well, I've been impressed with Pete Warner. Um, he's got 24 solo tackles, eight assists, 32 total tackles in three games. Um, Shy Tuttle is next with 18. I know it's funneled toward the linebackers, but but he's living up to the billing, I think. Yeah, look, Ohio State Buckeye, right? And yep. uh, Warner, I was surprised. I think I was concerned in training camp because he had the hammy issue, right? But uh, yeah. he's come back and bounced back, and he's a tackling machine. So he's a great complement to what we have in Demario Davis. You don't really hear Davis's number often these days, no. right? Uh, because yeah. Warner is doing his job uh, uh, like Quan Alexander was. But uh, I have to agree. I like what uh, Warner's done. I like what the uh, Evans has done, uh, the defensive back as well. He's, he's really picked up his game as well. So um, we'll see, man. That defense has kept the Saints in the game. They really and they have. continue to keep these guys in the game, and that's the one hope that we do have on uh, the whole team is that defensive squad. I'm with you, Kyle Mosley. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings, Kirk Cousins, 62% completion percentage this year. He's averaging about 253 passing yards a game. He's got five touchdowns, but three interception and he's been sacked four times in three games but to me the key and i don't know if he's going to play or not boy if dalvin cook's not in the lineup boy does that help the saints well they got a good running back behind him and that guy makes you forget about dalvin a lot of times and he did it last season so things have to play sound football they have to respect the run and they have to also not give them easy first downs, man. And yeah. that's one thing that we cannot allow because some of these drives could have been thwarted and halted if the Saints' defense didn't pick up a silly foul here and there. But right. all in all, I think the defense is still going to perform well. Alexander Madison is the running back that you're talking about, uh, averaging 4.2 yards per carry. But when I think Minnesota, I think of two players. I think of Justin Jefferson and I think of Adam Uh, Thielen. Those guys always seem to get open and they always seem to make catches, man. They always do. Yeah, Thielen, uh, we we know him very well for that big catch in the playoff game, right? Yeah. Uh, But he's always been a a really clutch guy. Last season, he he wasn't – so so to himself, but uh, Jefferson, man, you've got to respect his big play ability. So I think Marshawn is going to be on him. Uh, yeah. It looks like Adebo is coming back, so he will have feeling or possibly uh, our Roby will have his uh, assignment for him. So other than that, man, yeah, you, you're, you've got to put the push up front. You've got to affect Kirk Cousins some sort of way before he has enough time to get the ball to Thielen or to Jefferson. 
I'm with you. Um, seven sacks for the Vikings through three games. I think of um, they've got two former LSU Tigers in their lineup. I think Daniil Hunter is is terrific, and yeah. uh, Patrick Peterson out there playing cornerback now for Minnesota. They've always had a good defensive team, but now with the change in coaching staff, um, that seems to be a little bit different than what they used to have with Coach Zimmer. Right, right. But that defense has been kind of behind the eight ball a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I think the Saints still can take advantage of uh, some of the type of plays that they have in their arsenal as well as the skill players uh, to be able to move the football. We just have to find more balance all in all. Uh, sometimes it does take a change to have a guy like Dalton who knows the NFL, and you saw him that first preseason game in Houston, how he was able to march the ball down the hill and get seven points right quick for the team. But I do think the Saints can take advantage of uh, Alvin Kamara one-on-one with those linebackers as well as uh, some of our skill guys. Now, if Michael Thomas is out of the lineup, it's going to be heavy Chris Olave and Joris Landry did come back to participate in practice today. So okay. uh, that's a positive sign for the Saints wideout. All right, Kyle Mosley, it's time to uh, where the rubber meets the road. <laughs> Saints Vikings Sunday yeah. morning. And I'm wondering, uh, the Vikings are a two and a half point favorite in London with the over-under at 43-and-a-half. So you think this is going to be a low-scoring, mid-scoring, high-scoring, and who do you think wins it? Yeah. Well, I, I do have the Saints pegged at 24-17 to 17 over the Vikings at this time. Um, I think the, the defense is going to be the key for the New Orleans Saints in this one. If these guys can keep maintaining and putting pressure on Kirk Cousins – uh, limit the run game for the Vikings. The Saints have a chance. Uh, they do need to have some turnovers in their favor, especially some interceptions to be able to go their way. Uh, so I still have the Saints up on this one, 24-17. Kyle Mosley, terrific job, man. Thank you so much. Now go go cover um, all those college teams that you follow and, and the same, I mean, yeah. you're a busy dude, man, a busy, Hey, is, is yeah. Deion Sanders going to get a, a power five gig? I mean, Auburn's going to fire their coach. Do you think there's any think possibility? The right fit for him, Jordy, man, to be honest with you, Auburn is notorious for having coaches come in and within a few yeah. years, they get disenchanted stay away. quickly and let them yeah. go. I'd stay away. I'm with yeah, you. I would. I'm with you. He has All a right. great thing going at Jackson State. Why ruin you it? Oh, you're right. Opinion. You're right. Absolutely right. All right, my man. Been too long, but thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Jordy. Take care. Kyle T. Mosley, Saints News Network. Park International will be a buzz this Saturday for Latin Music Fest. The family-friendly event puts the spotlight on the beautiful and bold Latin culture in our community. Celebrate the bold tastes and sounds of Latin culture. Admission is 10 bucks. Kids 12 and under get in free. And Cuban superstar Simafunk or headlines the lineup of Latin artists. That's Latin Music Fest this Saturday from 4 to 10 at Park International in downtown Lafayette. For more information, visit festivalinternational.org. We'll be back with more stuff still to come. The Schwab with all his week four picks, this is the Jordy Helper Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for the Tigers and the Astros in southwest Louisiana.
Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. My goodness, what is the world coming to? Today, today, the NCAA placed Air Force's football program on probation for two years. Air Force. And they issued other penalties for recruiting violations committed during COVID-19 dead periods. Oh, my God. What? what? The Air Force? Are you kidding me? What, what in the world? What, what's it coming to? My goodness gracious sakes alive. Um, Ohio State Highway Patrol issued a citation to Miles Garrett, says the Cleveland Brown star drove at an unsafe speed before his crash. She was driving 65 miles an hour on a road with a 45 mile per hour speed limit. He suffered a left shoulder sprain and a right bicep strain, as well as cuts and bruises after his vehicle went off the side of the road and flipped over. He also complained of pain in his right hand while speaking with officers. Uh, He was back home resting Wednesday, back at the Browns training facility today. Uh, Defensive coordinator Joe Wood said Garrett wouldn't practice. Um, Browns coach Kevin Stefanski has not ruled Garrett out from playing Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons. So, Uh, He was released from the Akron, Ohio hospital Monday night after the crash and cleared the concussion protocol, 65 in a 45. NBA News, Joel Embiid, the Philadelphia 76ers star, is now a U.S. citizen. Born in Cameroon, Embiid was sworn in as a citizen two weeks ago in Philadelphia. Uh, The NBA scoring champion, Philadelphia 76er All-Star Center, Said his family, uh, Embiid and his Brazilian girlfriend, and DePaula, who have a son together, played a pivotal role in his decision. He is uh, he is one heck of a player. And everything that we base um, Zion Williamson on, remember? Um, Embiid started his NBA career. He was always hurt, always hurt, never played, never played. Um, but now he's playing, and he's playing great. So we can only hope that that will be the same um, for Zion Williamson, that would be that would be terrific. Live Golf's Patrick Reed has refiled a seven hundred fifty million dollar defamation lawsuit against the Golf Channel and its employees, in particular, analyst Brendel Shambley. Uh, this was uh, handed down in federal court in Jacksonville, Florida, today. I thought, they were, I thought they had a storm going on there. What, what's going on? Um, the lawsuit accuses the Golf Channel, Golf Week, and its parent company, Gannett, as well as employees Shamley, Damon Hack, Shane Bacon, and Eamon Lynch of conspiracy, defamation, injurious falsehood, and tortious interference. Um, in other words, Mr. Reed's got his feelings hurt, and they're saying uh, some things about him that he doesn't like. Um And so he's filing a lawsuit. There you go. The 2018 Masters champion resigned from the PGA Tour, uh, which has suspended its members for competing in the Live Golf Tournaments. Um, Reed, a nine-time winner on the PGA Tour, earned more than $37 million during 
his tour uh, career. I don't know. I don't know. Um, anyway, uh, we'll see what happens along those lines. So with that in mind, let me read you this. The game wants you to face your worst nightmares by hooking you up with tickets to one of the top haunted attractions in the country, the 13th Gate. You can become a VIP member. Um, so that way you can scream over and over and over again while others have to wait in line. To become a VIP member of the 13th Gate giveaway, simply register in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today to win a pair of VIP tickets to the 13th Gate, courtesy of Midnight Productions and the Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. 28 minutes after the hour, the Schwab Week 4 NFL Picks next here on The Game. The Jordy Holberg Show prides itself on settling for nothing less than the best. This thing has a variety of nauseating aspects to it. Jordy has the best takes, the best guests, and let's be honest, the best nickname. The Blonde Bomber is cool as hell. I agree. All right. Let's play ball. Back to only the best on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Week four of the NFL season gets underway today, and we've got Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports to share his thoughts on all of it. Frank, good afternoon, buddy. How are you? Good, good. How are you? I'm terrific. Boy, I tell you what, um, if tonight's matchup can live up to the matchup between the two quarterbacks back in 2019, then Miami Cincinnati is going to be a great game. If you go back to that 2019 season, Joe Burrow quarterbacking LSU, Tua quarterbacking Alabama, the game's in Tuscaloosa. LSU wins it 46-41. to 41. Here's a stat for you. You ready for this, Frank? That sure. game, that game had 18 first-round draft picks and 55 total players drafted. How about that? Man, I, I, I wonder if those are records. I, I don't... I don't know how you would even look that up, but that, let me throw, that has to be let close. Let me throw some I names mean, at you. 55, you ready? wow. You can only start, you can only start 44. I mean, let me throw some names for LSU. Amazing. Burrow, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. Uh, how about Alabama? Tua, Najee Harris, and then Devontae Smith, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs III, and Jalen Waddell. How about that for receivers? Man, man, man. I mean... Both of them. I mean, that LSU team was unbelievable, and then Alabama is just a factory at this point. I mean, that quarterback room they had at what was it, Hertz and Tua, who are the quarterbacks of the two three and NFL teams right now, and Mac, and then, like, Jones. Mac Jones was number three, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. it's insanity. Crazy. Well, this one's in Cincinnati. They're not the same players. Um, Miami's surprising everybody. Cincinnati trying to get right. The Bengals are four point home favorites in this and what do you think what could be a really good explosive game yeah i i like cincinnati a lot actually and not because i'm against the dolphins i think they're certainly legit they're a good team but man they on sunday in the heat i think it was 89 degrees with about 67 percent humidity i looked this up they played 90 plays on defense 90 against the buffalo bills you have to come back four days later and play 
Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and all those guys. Mm-hmm. I, that's a tough ask. And on top of it all, they had to leave early yesterday to beat the Hurricane. I mean, yeah. if, if the my I've said all week, if the Miami Dolphins win this game, I will have a lot more respect for them and just. I mean, at that point, it's like, wow, the Dolphins are really, really here to stay. And I think they're going to be a playoff team. I I do. I think they're good. But if they can overcome this situation and win that game, I will be very, very impressed because everything is against them in this game. I mean, everything is. That's the reason that the 1-2 and team is favored by four points over the 3-0 and team is because I think even casual betters know that this is a really, really tough spot for the Dolphins. I'm with you. Uh, I really like Cincinnati on this one. Uh, we go to Sunday and bright and early across the pond in London. The Saints left right after their their no-show against Carolina. The Vikings left Ooh. yesterday. Minnesota, two-and-a-half-point uh, favorite in this one. A lot of things, I think, depends upon the injury report. Doesn't look like Jameis Winston's going to play. I don't know if Dalvin Cook's going to play. So, I mean, this is a tough one to pick right now. It is, and Dalvin returned to practice today, and I guess it was a full practice from from okay. the report out there. So I assume Dalvin's going to play. Uh, obviously, a huge deal for the Vikings. Let's see if his shoulder holds up. And I hate to say this, Jordy, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I bet the, the Vikings are ready. Bet him a minus two and a half. Felt great about it. Felt really good. I, you know, I just mm-hmm. don't like that Saints offense or anything. And yeah. then when I saw Jameis Winston miss practice for a second straight day, and it might be Andy Dalton. I said, uh oh. That might be a trouble here. I, I think yeah. Andy Tolton gives them a better shot to win right now. And I, I know that's crazy, but Jameis is just backsliding right now. I, he's right. pressing. Uh, that line isn't protecting him very well. I mean, he's got some guys banged up. In fr- I mean, Michael Thomas especially. I don't know that Alvin Kamara is all that healthy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, so I just figured, hey, Minnesota's going to get a couple gifts from Jameis. And, you know, they get, they saw Justin Jefferson, all those guys. But now, I mean, Andy at least will not. I don't think he's going to play them out of that game. I, I think I that agree. if it's Andy Dalton, he's, he's, he's not going to be prolific. He's not going to be dynamic. But he's also, I don't think, going to throw four interceptions. He's not going to throw a pick six. Mm-hmm. So... I think that I think Andy, like going to Andy this week, even though you know on paper it looks like oh you lost your quarterback, I, I actually think it gives the Saints a better chance to win this week. I'm, I'm still going Vikings, just because yeah. I think that Saints offense really is, is almost broken right now. I'm not as bad as like the Broncos or anything, but I, I just don't I just don't like what I've seen out of that offense. I got to go Vikings. Maybe Andy Dalton can bring to the Saints what uh, Cooper Rush brings to the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Just win a game. You never know. Uh, Buffalo, you mentioned. Um, got beat. They're now on the road for the second uh, consecutive game against the Baltimore Ravens. But the Bills are three-point favorites in this battle of two MVP-caliber quarterbacks and Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. It's worth the price of admission. I mean, at this point, I mean, Lamar Jackson has 10 touchdown passes, which means he's on pace for, like, 52. I think that is 52 touchdown passes. He's also fourth in the NFL in rushing yards, tied with Christian McCaffrey. I mean... Mm. We're going to run out of things to say about how great Lamar Jackson is at some point. He is just a phenomenal football player. Uh, on a team that doesn't really have much around him right now. They're yeah. banged up. They yeah. they have I mean these injury issues from last year have kind of just lingered on and and they're missing a lot of guys. I just as much as I love Lamar and respect him and and believe he's one of the truly elite players in the game. I just don't know how that defense stops the Bills. I Josh Allen has to throw 400 yards in this game with that secondary being as beat up as there. They made Mac Jones look good last week. I, it's, I just don't. I, the, the one question I do have about the Bills is 
look, I just talked about how the Dolphins played all those plays in the sweltering heat. Well, so did the Bills. <laughs> I know it's a lot easier on the offense and the defense in those kind of conditions, but they had guys cramping up and whatnot. And I mean, right. they get a few extra days rest and all, but that, that's stuff that lingers. I mean, that, that's that's a tough game they played, and they lost, obviously. But I, I, I got I to gotta take the Bills, but I don't feel great about it. I'll say that because – Man, I just don't like going against Lamar Jackson right now. He is, he is playing as good a football as you can possibly play. I, he's just, he's just a marvel. He really is. And anybody who's still holding out that this, you know, oh, Lamar Jackson is not really that good. Yeah, no, he's he's phenomenal. He's he's as good as as we've well, seen in a long, long yeah. time. He's improved. I mean, the 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 way you defended him in the past was. Hey, we got to keep him in the pocket, make him throw it to beat us, and we're going to win. Well, that's not the case yeah. anymore, you know, right? Or, you just or mentioned blitz ten, some. ten touchdown passes. Too. We're going to the Dolphins last year, blitz, blitz, blitz. This year, I've seen some stats that Lamar Jackson is by far and away the best quarterback against the blitz this year. It just he, you know, and that's the funny thing. He was nobody really talked about him in the off season, and I brought this up. I, I told, I, I wrote that I thought he was great value for MVP at twenty to one or whatever he was, and it was just kind of nobody was talking about him. And we uh, did everybody fail to acknowledge that this guy is 26 years old and theoretically at least should be improving? <laughs> I mean, this is an yeah. age where he's still yeah. peaking. So, yeah, and he's done that. He's put in the work, and I give him a lot of credit. I love it how these guys bet on themselves, and, boy, they step up and live up because they got a big paycheck Aaron Judge, coming, right? coming down the road. As much as that game is about the quarterbacks, uh, a big early AFC South game, with the Tennessee Titans going on the road as a three-and-a-half-point underdog to the Indianapolis Colts. Is it Derrick Henry? Is it Jonathan Taylor? Who wins this one? Yeah, I like the Colts. I just think they're a better team. I, I don't believe in the Titans. I know they got a big win last week against Raiders. And yeah. I don't think Raiders are a bad team. So I think that's going to hold up well as a quality win. But I just think that the Colts are the better team. And I... I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just holding on to my preseason preseason notions about them and what they can be because they haven't been great yet. I, I, I mean, they really haven't. But I just I just have that in my head that this team is still going to be what I thought they were going to be. You know, win that division. Maybe I don't know. Jaguars are really really good too, but I think they're good enough to beat the Titans. Let's put it that way. I, I just think they're a better okay. team and they're going to get it done on Sunday. Uh, and if they don't uh, look, I mean that at that point we completely have to recalibrate what the Colts are. Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports. If I looked at the schedule when it first came out and I looked at this next game, I'd say, man, I'm not going to watch that. It's going to be a dog. But it actually is one of the better games of the weekend, and that is the Jacksonville Jacksonville, Jaguars (laughs) going into the link to take on the Philadelphia Eagles as six-and-a-half-point underdogs. I mean, it's amazing. You get a new coach with a new vision. Uh, I mean, I'm not trying to dog Urban Meyer, but it's a completely different team now in Jacksonville. Uh, you can dog Urban Meyer because he was yeah. absolutely killing that team. I mean, you yeah. see what they are now. And, yeah, it is crazy that this is, other than the primetime game, the primetime games are fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the Ravens-Bills, which is going to be a great, great football game. This is my favorite game of this of the week. I mean, I think I think the Jaguars are for real. And, you know, I've been talking about the Eagles for weeks now. Yeah. I, I, I love this Eagles team. I, they're my uh, pick to go to the Super Bowl out of the NFC. They've lived up to that and then some. They've been really, really good. But, I think this Jaguars team is legit. I, I do. I think that they're going to keep this game close. I was surprised at how how big the spread was, to be honest. I get it. The Eagles are playing great ball. And people, mm-hmm. I think, are a little slow to buy into the Jaguars. Like, all right, you know, they're the Jaguars. But 
they beat the heck out of the Colts two weeks ago. They yeah. beat the yeah. absolute heck out of the Chargers last week. I, they're good. They're a good football team. And yeah. I think they keep this close. I, I don't know if they win, but, I mean, if you're asking me my pick on the spread, yeah, I'll take those six and a half points because I just think that I think that the market is just a little slow to react right now in the Jaguars. Or, you know, it's just absolutely going gaga over the Eagles, which is fair because yeah. they've been really yeah. good. But six and a half, way too much for me here. I, I think Philly's good. I don't know if they're as good as everybody's professing them to be, and the Jaguars are certainly not bad uh, anymore. Um, out in your neck of the woods, a big early AFC West game, especially for the Las Vegas Raiders, who are 0-3. The Denver Broncos are coming into Vegas as a two-and-a-half-point underdog in this one. Um, I don't know, Russell, what's what's going on in Denver? That offense has struggled. Oh, man, that was an ugly game on Sunday night, wasn't it? I, I mean, yeah. you're just sitting there like 9-3 and outs. This is not what the Denver Broncos signed up for with, no. with Russell Wilson or Nathaniel Hackett, for that matter. I don't know. I, I hate to like overreact to three games, right? And you know, I mean, uh, there's uh, when when a new coach, a new quarterback, and all these new pieces come together, it's going to take some time. They didn't play together in preseason, but you can't tell me you're not concerned that Russell Wilson is just not the same guy. Like I, I don't. I'm not sitting here saying he's washed up or anything. I don't think that's fair. But if you say there's no concern at all that this is not the same player that we've seen through the years, I think you're lying to yourself. Like there is concern there. I, I, the the Broncos' offense is just broken. I mean, they're just, they're yeah. tough to watch. They're hard to watch right now. I think the Raiders are a good football team. I do. I know they're the only 0 three team, which is kind of crazy. I think they're good. I, I just and not that they're going to be like ten, eleven wins, but they're not going to be one of these four and thirteen teams. Of course, right. I think they know their season's on the line here. You can't go on four. I mean, you're probably in really, really bad shape at on three, but on four is just you're done. I think they win. I think they win pretty handily I too. too. I just. Don't trust anything with the Broncos right now. They're just they're just not a good football team. I, they're great on defense. They're really, really well coached. I like the stuff yeah. they're doing there. But offensively, it's just so ugly right now. And until I see it, until I, we see that 31-point game, Russell Wilson throws four touchdowns and everything's good, I, I just I don't know how often I'm going to be back in these Broncos because I just don't trust what they're, what they're doing right now. Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports, you mentioned the primetime games are really, really good. Kansas City at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, despite uh, Hurricane Ian, they're going to play the game. Uh, thank God T Tampa Bay wasn't hurt as badly as some other towns. So this is the Sunday nighter on NBC. Uh, legendary quarterbacks, but both teams, Kansas City is, is not the same team they were offensively in the past, and Tampa Bay struggling offensively does this come down to the team with the better defense tampa bay yeah and i think that tampa bay's defense was the most underrated part of the first three weeks of the season nobody's talking about tampa bay's defense they've yeah. been unbelievable i mean they've been great uh, like legitimately the best defense in the league their three games and you're right week one threw us off like i mean i remember we were probably talking to you on wednesday after week one saying well patrick mahomes doesn't need tyree kill he's fine <laughs> What well, right. turns out that Arizona's bad? I mean, Arizona's a bad yep. defense. I, I think we can all pretty much see that now. And he does miss Tyreek Hill. Uh, this offense is not really executed that well the last couple of weeks. They're not there. I mean, they're, they're going to be good as long as Adam Holmes is their quarterback, but this isn't the offense that we kind of expected or expect out of an Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes uh, production. So I don't think they score very much. I think the Buccaneers really hold them down. Buccaneers going to get some guys back. I, Mike Evans at least is going to be back. Mm -hmm. We'll see about Chris Godwin and all that. I think yeah, I think the Buccaneers win this. I, I do. I, I just 
I don't know. I, there's just something about the Chiefs that's like, okay, they're, they're not bad uh, by any means, yeah. but they're not good either right now. Yeah, something's different. There's no question about that. All right, uh, Monday night, uh, you got the Los Angeles Rams uh, going to San Francisco, and the Rams are two and a half point underdogs in this one. Yeah. Um, for I don't, I don't get it. Jimmy Garoppolo's in. Uh, the 49ers are without left tackle Trent Williams, so I'm I'm putting Aaron Donald uh, at yeah, right <laughs> defensive tackle to go against whoever is at the left tackle position. I don't know how the Rams are underdogs in this. It's tough. I, I do think the 49ers win this because because their defense plays so well. I mean, we talked about the Broncos and their offensive struggles. Well, you know what? San Francisco defense did have a lot to do with that. They're really good on defense. Yeah, I do. I do worry about their offense, especially without Trent Williams. That offensive line is kind of a mess right now. So I, I could, you know, I, by, by halftime on Monday night, I could be sitting here saying, "Wow, they just can't protect. They can't block. They're, this is really, really a bad place to be betting on the 49ers." But I, I just I, and Shanahan has always done well against McVeigh for some reason. I don't know what it yeah. is, but got a really, yeah. really good record against him. So I'm going to go with the 49ers, but yes, it's weird. To, it, it's it's unusual anyway for one offensive lineman to really make me worried about a play, but Trent Williams is as good as there is, as good as there ever been really, and him being out is going to affect that whole offense. I mean, George Kittle's going to have to block a lot more. He can't go on a routes. We saw that late in the game last week. Uh, but I'm still going to go with the 49ers just because of their defense. And I, the Rams have not played great yet. I mean, they're kind of still waiting on that. So uh, you might be totally right, and the Rams, you know, take this and kind of show, you know, hey, we're still the champs and all that. But I, I'm going to give I'm going to give the 49ers the benefit of the doubt here and see what they do. Here's Frank Schwab. What team has been the biggest um, disappointment to you, or a team that you thought well, they, they were going to be a lot better than that, but but they aren't? Yeah, I guess it's got to be the Chargers, and I know they have their excuse, right? Like, I mean, you look at all the guys they had out on Sunday, Joey Bosa and their left tackle, Sean Slater, and Keenan Allen, and J.C. Jackson, the cornerback they spent a ton on, and Herbert's obviously playing injured. But, man, to go to 1-2 and two with a 28-point loss at home to the Jaguars is really disappointing, and I don't know how to get out of this thing. I really don't. Like, I mean, look at these injuries. These are not just guys you can easily replace. These are injuries that are going to affect them all season. So mm-hmm. I had a ton of optimism about the Chargers before the season. I thought this, this is going to be a really, really good football team. They're going to be one of the best in the NFL. They're not, and I don't see them being that. I don't see. I don't see how they could have that ceiling anymore without – some of these really, really good players they got. So I think the biggest disappointment for me, okay. I, I mean, I guess the Raiders, but I think their record's a little fluky at 0-3, so I, I guess i got to say the Chargers. Biggest surprise? Dolphins? Eagles? Um, surprise in a good way. Yeah, probably Dolphins. I mean, the Dolphins, I didn't have them number one. A lot of people have them number one this week in their power rankings, right? What do power rankings mean? I don't know. But yeah. I kept the Bills number one. I think the Bills are still the best team in football. But that doesn't mean I think I'm down on the Dolphins in any way. I think the Dolphins are really, really good, and they're really, they're well coached. They're you know two is obviously as long as he's healthy, he's going to play pretty well, and he's got these weapons. And I think the Dolphins are clearly a playoff team. And I didn't think that before the season. I just thought I've been down this road with the Dolphins before. They sign or trade for these big names, and it just never works. And I don't know about this, you know, rookie head coach yet. Everything's lining up for them to have a really, really good season. So yeah, I think it, I think the obvious answer to that question it almost has to be the Dolphins. Like, what else could you name? Although the yeah. Jaguars aren't far behind either. I think yeah. the Jaguars. 
you know, I mean, we all could see maybe they got those 2021 Bengals vibes with a young quarterback, and maybe they make a big step. But to actually do it and to win, you know, two blowout wins in a row against teams that were expected to make the playoffs, pretty impressive by the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, and we talk about their offense. They've only allowed 38 points in three games. 38. I know. I know. And my, my coworker, Charles Robinson, was all about this. He went to. Yeah, he he was one. I think he went to Jaguars camp or saw them in preseason or whatever, and he was just raving about this front seven is is way better than anybody knows. And he's been right. I, I mean, their their defense is really good. I, I yeah. uh, Travon Walker. I mean, everybody kind of made fun of that pick because it was unconventional and the surprise. He looks great. I mean, they they just look when teams spend a ton in free agency, everybody kind of scoffs at that. Oh, you're putting together a dream team that never works. Free agency doesn't work. Yeah. most teams that spend that much of free agency improve a ton I, they do right. like, it's been proven like that over and over yeah. and while they definitely overpaid for guys like christian kirk and all that well christian kirk ends up being a pretty good player for them yes, Is he overpaid? He probably but he's helped the jacksonville jaguars who have made tremendous strides all right frank schwab 7 30 your time get up with your coffee and watch the saints and the vikings all right i will i'll be that i'll be boy. there i'll be there that a sure. boy frank thank you enjoy the weekend buddy thank you yep Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports with us. Um, one more thing here that I've got to share with you. Come celebrate German style and heritage at the Roberts Cove German Fest this Saturday and Sunday in rain. There'll be traditional German cuisine, music, dancing, plenty of German cultural activities, a rice threshing demonstration. Wow. Antique tractors. You can even take home a German cookbook from the gift shop oktoberfest right that means beer that means really good german beer the kid-friendly event takes place this weekend at well, st leo catholic church in roberts cove just off of rain exit 87 on i-10 for more information visit robertscovegermanfest.com birthday wishes to one of the great nba players and one of the legendary louisiana singers when we come back to wrap things up here on the Jordy Helper Show. All right, special thanks to our guest today, Preston Guy from Tiger Bait, talking LSU, J.D. Byers, the play-by-play voice of the South Alabama Jaguars as they head to Cajun Field for a Saturday 4 p.m. kickoff. Kyle Mosley on the Saints. No Jameis Winston at practice. Looks like it's going to be Andy Dalton Sunday morning against the Vikings. And Frank Schwab, with his picks, he still likes the Vikings to win it. So we shall see. We'll have all our picks on our football fun-filled Friday edition tomorrow. If today is your birthday, September 29th, you share yours with one of the great basketball players. Maybe not uh, the greatest teammate, but Kevin Durant is 34 years old today. And he's saying, goodness gracious, great balls of fire. From Faraday, Louisiana, Jerry Lee Lewis is 87 years young today. All right, that's all the time we have. We'll see you tomorrow. Until then, I'm Jordy Helper. Stay thirsty, my friends. Stay healthy. Let's be kind to one another and be happy. Have a great rest of your day. So long, everybody.